listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, and you know what I'm going to talk about since it is now the new month of March here in 2023. At the end of this month will be the first in-person process palooza to take place since way back in 2018. The offices around here are buzzing with anticipation, let me tell you. That will take place on our own UC San Diego campus at the Price Center March 28th and 29th. And if you can't make it all the way to San Diego at the end of this month, fear not. There is a virtual version that you can take part in. For registration information, you can head over to processpalooza.ucsd.edu register for it and get ready for the sessions, the great innovate competition and all the other amazing process improvement, continuous improvement, lean six Sigma Kaizen information that you can get from your peers and leaders as we move forward. Now, I must say, I'm also excited about one other thing. This podcast episode marks our very first crossover podcast event. Tracy O'Rourke and Elizabeth Swan co-host the Just In Time Cafe podcast, a show whose mission is to cultivate a hub where problem solvers connect, share, and grow. And they invited me to talk about Process Palooza on their own podcast, which will air next Monday as of this recording, March 6th. And so how could I help but to invite Tracy O'Rourke to join me on this podcast so we can double it up crossover style. But I really wanted to touch on the relevance of this framework and mindset for our own processes here at UC San Diego, particularly through ITS. So I wanted to spend some time with Tracy really talking about how those concepts translate to our operational IT environment. For anybody who is listening to this not in our ITS department, I just want to give you a heads up. We're going to use a little bit of jargon in this episode. That jargon includes things like PDCA or DMAIC or CADA. I just want you to know that in context, those are referring to strategic problem-solving strategies, and you should be able to figure out what we're talking about just from the context. But I am going to add some quick links to learn more on the show notes of this podcast. The best place, however, to learn more about any of these concepts, problem-solving, lean, and so forth, will be as part of the Process Palooza event happening again, March 28th and 29th. So head over to that processpalooza.ucsc.edu to register. But in the meantime, I'll stop rambling and get to my conversation with Tracy O'Rourke. I'm excited about this interview because this is our first ever podcast crossover. And joining me today is Tracy O'Rourke. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Miguel. And why don't you just introduce yourself in terms of what you do day to day and why you would be talking to me today? Good Lord. Um, okay. <laughs> So, um, so I have been doing process improvement for like 25 years. I've been teaching the, the Lean Six Sigma Green Belt at UC San Diego Extension for about, gosh, almost 10 years now. And I work with a lot of people at UC San Diego, and I have been the MC 
I think for every process palooza that we've had. And it's been fun, both virtual and in person and uh, love working with the team. And so I have a lot of integration with UC San Diego, even though I'm a consultant. It's because I love you guys so much. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, <laughs> we only benefit from that love and, and from your support with all things Lean Six Sigma process improvement, Kaizen. Uh, we got very lucky because I was invited to join your Just In Time Cafe podcast. I had a lot of fun. I believe that will be online at the time of this recording next Monday, which is the mm-hmm. 6th of March. We're going to beat you to the punch. This will be on March 1st. But that means I get to advertise for your podcast. Everybody should listen to the Just In Time Cafe podcast, either in vidcast form or audio only while you drink your coffee. Coffee is a necessary component. I am out, but I'll continue. I'm not. I refilled. Oh, good for you. The reason you invited me on is, of course, as everybody on this podcast knows, Process Palooza is looming very close uh, on the horizon, March 28th and 29th taking place at UC San Diego's Price Center. And we talked a lot about that on your podcast. What I want to talk about with you is less on Process Palooza, the event itself. But I do want to focus on Lean Six Sigma and process improvement, continuous improvement, and how they relate to our job here at UC San Diego. So I'm just going to say this outright. Okay. I've been doing this now since 2018, and I have seen a variety of reactions amongst our staff to the attempts to embed continuous improvement culture into our processes. And it's been a monumental task to do so. Mm -hmm. Everybody in ITS has a yellow belt, at least. Many have gone on to green belt. It's actually really impressive how many have green belts. But I do still see a couple of things that I regard as disconnects. And that's why I invited you. The first is the notion that I get from a lot of people that a Lean Six Sigma project has to be some massive money-saving change management problem. And I think we'll start with that. Yeah, I would absolutely disagree that it's about money and big projects. To me, Really, what's really interesting is I've had to sort of um, adjust what I talk about for people that have not been exposed to process improvement or Lean Six Sigma in the past, because I think there's a lot of jargon. I think there's a lot of tools. And of course, I love them all. But really, it's not about projects. It's about how you think. It's about how you think. And how do you start thinking lean? You have to see you have to hear and you have to speak lean in order to think lean. And there's so there's a step missing, I think. People go, oh, you just got to think lean. Well, how do you do that? You can only start thinking lean when you start seeing things differently, when you start to see flow and when flow isn't working, and when you start to see waste. And every single process has flow. Every single one, even IT, stuff's moving through a process and so how do everything we do, every product, every service is through a process, a series of steps to get that done. And sometimes the flow isn't working very well. So you have to see that first. And then you could you could do a project, but really it could just be incremental thinking just in your step, what could you do different to be more effective or more efficient? 
And it's about saving talent. That's what I really see. I will ask this. So I like that you said it's about saving talent because one thing that even comes up when you do the yellow belt class is when a group of people who are new to this are asked what could make this you know, save money or save whatever, you know, some people are like, well, do we need that position? It seems like even people on the floor in the field are mm-hmm. like, <laughs> their first go-to is eliminating positions rather than oh, fixing. Ab- it's not about eliminating positions. And I think that's where maybe the, the tangible physical dollars comes in. So I think, I think it's good that people actually do say, do we still need this position as a hire? You know, we're not about firing. I don't think anybody's lost their job at UCSD because of Lean Six Sigma per se. But I think it is a good question to ask, do we still need this position? Because if you you get more efficient, that is a good question. But it's not about that. It's about, it's literally about people being more effective at work. So they're happier and, and, and customers are happier too. So it's about you know, having, it's actually <laughs> removing the stuff that doesn't bring you joy. That's kind of a Marie Kondo thing, but, you know, it's really looking at a process of saying, what, what, do, why are we doing it this way? Is there anything we could do to remove this? Cause it's a waste of time for people. How much time are we spending doing stuff that doesn't matter? That doesn't add value. And there's so many examples, entering multiple data into multiple systems, the same data, multiple approvals, and you know what's crazy is people are always making little changes to the process even though they say people don't like it but suddenly oh we have we need four approvals now instead of two and we're we're we tend to insert steps in the process but we're really not good at removing steps that we don't need anymore that's what it's about is it's it's like i like to say it's like spring cleaning for your process. And hopefully you don't do it more than hopefully you don't do it only once a, once a year in the spring, but it's really more just looking at stuff and saying, why am I doing this? Is this, does this make sense? And how do you, if it doesn't make sense, how do we remove it? It's funny because you're leading into what I think is the other disconnect, which is even folks I talk to in my peer group, my colleagues uh-huh. who understand Lean Six Sigma see it really easily in a assembly line physical like a Costco work environment mm-hmm. but think that it doesn't translate as well or as cleanly to operational IT where all of us a lot of us are not even working together in the same room anymore you know? exactly yeah and uh and so it's harder to to translate so that's part it of is what harder. I would yeah I would agree it is harder does it apply 100% yes it actually is more important to apply when you have a process that is invisible like all ITS's processes are invisible so how do you you only know that it's messed up <laughs> if you map the process or you start walking the process so in manufacturing it's super easy to see the problems you just go walk out on the floor and you're like, oh my God, why is that scrap? What's that pile of scrap over there? In IT or in invisible processes, it's not like you can, you can walk into a room and go, oh my God, look at that employee onboarding process. That's horrible. Look at all those people waiting for laptops. That's horrible. You can't see that. So the how do you know? Pain, right? Pain for the person doing that step in the process and pain for the customer waiting for that step. And that's and so until you make that more visible, and how do you make it more visible with process improvement, with defining, with mapping the process, understanding current condition, all of those aspects, 
And I feel like it applies more in, in transactional, non-manufacturing process and is more needed. It is harder to apply though, because you're dealing with something invisible. I like that, that concept of invisibility of our process that gives it a real clarity. You, you talked about how it's really about changing the mindset. And mm-hmm. I think one thing, I, I'll bring Costco up again, because the thing that I really loved about seeing Costco apply Lean Six Sigma, even though admittedly it's a visible assembly line process, but it's bottom up rather than top down. So mm-hmm. The people, you talk about pain for the stakeholders uh, and the workers and the people involved in that process. They have these very physical boards with post-it notes or index cards where someone can even anonymously just say, well, this annoyed me today and put it up there. And then they could maybe revisit that later. And that is a part of Define. It's a very rudimentary part of the D in Demaic. This is problem solving. Demaic is problem solving and people have been solving problems their whole life. Otherwise it wouldn't be here. And it's just really adding another layer of structure and you're inserting more tools, more power tools, if you will, to be really good at problem solving. But I think the fact that you mentioned Costco is really good and interesting too, because they are probably one of the most successful organizations I've seen changing thinking. They don't do a lot of projects. It's not project-based. It's it's really, it's sort of like this whole idea of two-second lean, where you say, just shave two seconds off your day. What could you find that makes it easier for you? And it isn't necessarily about saving money. It, it's about making things easier for people that do the work. Like we don't want people to get hurt or tasks that are very not enhancing how do we remove that from, from us having to do it or so that we can have Joe work on something else that's more important? You really see that they're doing it on a, a, a thinking and daily basis. And it's res- about respecting people, really. It really is about respecting people. And if you don't respect people, then you don't care if they, they're involved in waste. But there, because they respect people so much, they don't want to underutilize their people. They don't want people to have to deal with waste. So you do it for yourself or you do it for your coworker and you make it better for for you and everyone that you work with. You really feel that there. And I've done a lot of tours there. I'm doing leadership training there. You know, I've been working with Carlos Vallejo for many years now with the training and we do a lot of tours there. A lot of people have gone to Costco and you do, you just feel it. You feel how the culture And so they've really been successful at thinking about it every day. They've implemented 6,800 ideas from employees since 2016. And little tiny things like, let's move this trash can closer so I don't have to walk 20 feet every 10 minutes. Exactly. That's the stuff I love. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in order to see that, you have to be thinking about it every day. Your mindset has changed. And they've done a really good job of that. And I think... And I think that is a big jump for UCSD because we, you know, we do Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt. It's very project based. Mm -hmm. And so then how do you, so their idea board at Costco, that idea board is what's generating that behavior because they're always looking for ideas and they're very small ideas. They're, They're encouraging people to focus on small ideas. So that is what's driving the behavior there. And if that is something that 
UC San Diego wanted to try to start, because really that's what it's about. It's about the idea, but it's about the thinking and that people are constantly thinking. You know, supervisors are always going to their people. Do you have any ideas? No ideas? Well, let's talk about waste then. <laughs> what kind of waste do yeah. we have here? You know, how do we get rid of that? So, you know, they're working through the, you know, the process and the mindset. The last thing, uh, because I don't want to keep you forever, but fluency with the mindset. I think if someone even did something very similar to a swim lane or, or a fishbone chart to kind of map something out, but it wasn't exactly that, they would feel like they're not doing Lean Six Sigma. There's this kind of feelings like, oh, okay, if I'm going to do Lean Six Sigma, then I have to, these are the tools that are Lean Six Sigma, you know, this is how I know I'm doing it. And uh-huh. Getting familiar with those enough to be comfortable with it is a disconnect people have as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, do, how, what do you, what, what would be your response to that? That's a great question. And this is actually a mindset I have as an instructor and a coach. My goal is, you know, I get people from all over San Diego, all over the world. I have somebody in my class right now in Greenbelt from Kenya, you know, calling in virtually for the class. But, you know, my, job is to meet people where they are. And that is a really important thing. So I don't, I don't judge people for where they're not. I focus on where are you and how do you get to the next level? And to me, there's no wrong place to be. If you're on the journey and you're trying and you're, you're working towards something, I am not going to tell you, you know, you're not where you need to be. So, because to me, it's, it's a journey and first mentally people have to decide that they want to commit to it and that you can't force an entire organization to all arrive there at the same time. And then it's a matter of skill building. So I think it's really important to meet people where they are. And if they have an interest in learning or trying to do better, then you meet them where they are and you give them the next nugget. And, and then hopefully you run into them again on the journey. And so I don't, you know, to me, it's not about, and I get this question a lot. Well, what's better PDCA or what's, what's better Demaic or Kata. And, you know, and I, I also hear people picking camps like leans way better and six Sigma is way better. You know what, to me, what's, what's the best, the best is whatever you're using. You know, I'm not going to tell you not to use PDCA if you're using PDCA and it's working for you. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't use Kata because Toyota, you know, some people say Toyota never used Kata, blah, 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 but they did. So to me, it's not about the camp. It's about how, what, what are you applying? What are you actually applying? And let's stick with that. And so, you know, and then there's some coaching along the way. Sure. People have jumped to solution. You know, I see solutions and problem statements still 25 years later. What am I going to do? Yell at them? I mean, they're on their own journey. So it helps me stay humble. And then, and then I get rewarded because I see what they do on their journey, right? That's what I love about being a teacher and an instructor for Greenbelt is they come in and, you know, they've grown so much by the time they present their project. I just love it. Like there's no better drug than that. Yeah, I agree as a former educator myself. And that's the whole point, right? Start at uh-huh. one place and at another. The, the notion of meeting people where they are, again, very much an education concept, prior knowledge and so forth. It helps me to hear you talk about this because sometimes 
I, I wonder where we're going with it in my organization and what the next step can be to improve it because our organization can be so big that I get a little lost in the forest. I have to change my own thinking there. I do think that when you talk about the different teams around various strategies, mm-hmm. ultimately for Process Palooza to bring it that full circle, our theme is build, unbuild, rebuild, create your continuous improvement culture. The whole idea for that is building a comfort level with looking at a process and maybe something needs to be broken down. You said before that people are very good at adding things, but not so good at taking away that whole unbuild concept and Mm -hmm. getting people to like unbuild, I think is part of the things that I would like to see happen more. Oh, definitely. I agree. Sometimes it means, and some people think it's taking a step back because you have to unbuild it. But to me, it's a progress. It's a rite of passage almost. You know, I can't tell you, I work with an organization and they had huddle boards and I can't tell you how many times they build, unbuild and rebuild their huddle board 10 times. Mm -hmm. Is, Is that wrong? Does it work? Is it working better? Yes. Then that was necessary. You don't get it right the first time. What that tells me is, you're listening, you're getting feedback, you're trying to make things better, you're trying to make things work for the people that are using it. And and culture is not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. So you can come, you can have a concept that you want to bring that worked great at Toyota. It doesn't mean it's going to work at UC San Diego because the culture is different. So it's it's their experiments, they're cultural experiments. And you know, it's, you're not always going to get it right the first time. And are you going to kill people for trying? No, because I'm not going to want to do anything else. So, you know, having that support is really important because, you know, and, and people say that's where you learn the most is when you try something you and you learn and you have a hard lesson. Sometimes it didn't work. But, you know, does that make you better in the spot that you are now? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a great, great place to uh, conclude because it is being comfortable with something that was always uncomfortable. You hear a lot in IT, this is how we've always done things. Well, maybe that's part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. It's been so fun. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person in March. Me too, Miguel. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And I'm super excited about UC San Diego's journey. I mean, there's always little nuggets of, okay, this part's not working and this part's not working, but you guys have made tremendous progress over the last five, seven years, which is is really cool. Yeah, I look forward to see how it goes in the future. Remember everybody listening that I know you had fun with this conversation. There's more to come next week, Just In Time Cafe podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to wait till next week. There are many episodes to listen to in the meantime. Thanks again. Thanks, Miguel. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.